Hey. So as you've probably noticed, a lot has changed during the pandemic. Did you notice that? Um, you've probably met some people that you didn't know, and that's the goal. Um, one thing that happened during the pandemic is... I grew a beard. Justin grew a beard. <laughs> and, and I tried. Didn't work out. It didn't work at all. Like, it's not at all. Um, but Justin and Libby Greenlee, they've, they've started serving with the students, um, leading our student ministries here at the gathering. Um, that all kind of happened maybe like right it was during the lockdown yeah, yeah. so some of you might be like who and i just want you to know man this guy he, his passion for jesus it just oozes out of him do you know people like that well you do you know one at least now right i mean and so you're going to notice that and the students have already fallen in love with him and as you hear him speak this morning you're just going to notice that you're going to love his passion for the Lord and his passion for students and his passion for this church. Some of you a couple weeks ago, um, you were helping us close out the mental health yep. series mm -hmm. and we did a mental, uh, a, mental, a mental discussion. We did a panel discussion yeah. to close that series out and Justin helped us with that. So some of you kind of met him um, maybe for the first time from the platform that day. And so uh, I just want you guys to just know how much we love them. We appreciate yeah. what you do. Thank you. Um, he's super busy. They've got three really, really awesome boys, and they have a little girl on the way. Yay! Right? So, you know, they ain't got nothing going on in their lives right now, right? And then on top of that, he just loves serving students. And so I just want to honor you before you even start preaching. Just we appreciate what you do here. And why don't you all give a humongous gathering welcome to Justin Greenlee. Um, we have... Me and Libby, or Libby and I, um, God, we were at First Assembly for years, just to get, kind of give you a quick background, um, and God started really prompting on our heart uh, that we needed, there was a change coming, and uh, we, Paul had sent me a message one night, and I don't know why I'm getting into this, but I'll just kind of give you a background of, of who I am. Paul sent me a text message one night. And it just, it was from the Lord, and it kind of, things progressed from there, and so that's why we're here, and me, Libby and I, we, we help with, well, we lead the youth group here at the gathering, and we are honored and blessed uh, to do that, because how many, how many of you know that this generation is being extremely attacked from the kids' age now all the way through? I mean, you don't have to be a parent or a grandparent to see that. You're, they are being attacked left and right, um, so... Always, always keep them in your prayers. But today, I have the honor um, to do graduation Sunday. Um, so before I ask all the graduates to stand up, we have a video that we're going to play. Thanks to my wife. My wife uh, created, created this video. And thanks to all the parents who, uh, yeah, we'll give, her, we'll give her a round of applause. Yeah. Because uh, it, <laughs> it took a lot. It took a lot. But thank you, parents, for working with us. I know it was, it was, it was kind of hectic, but thanks for working with us. But uh, at this time, uh, they're going to play the video of our graduates.
Congratulations. If you are a high school graduate, please stand. We got two. We're missing some. Yeah. Keep, keep standing. Keep standing. If you are a college graduate, please stand. Yeah. Yeah. All right. If you are a Tar Heel graduate, please yell. Woo! All right, baby. Sorry I had the mic on. Totally forgot about the screaming thing. <laughs> Somebody said this is the Britney Spears mic, so, you know, I might just break out in a dance. I'm just kidding. But congratulations. Congratulations to all the graduates 2021. Uh, the high school students, we do have a gift for y'all out at the check-in. Uh, you can meet up with me or, uh, or with Bridget afterwards. Uh, so... Paul had asked, actually Bridget had asked me uh, probably about a month and a half ago. She said, hey, would you like to speak on graduation? I said, please don't ask me that because I get really nervous up on stage. Probably can't tell it, but I feel like I'm dying inside. <laughs> but uh, so Paul asked, asked me again um, at the sundries one morning, and I knew it was God, and I just said, you know what, this is the, this is the direction of my life. So, um, so I said yes. And so you'll probably be seeing more of me uh, up here. But as I was praying uh, for this message, God actually gave me a word to speak uh, actually that day when me and Paul were meeting. But I didn't know how to put things together. So this might not be the ordinary graduation, congratulation um, uh, message because this message is going to be for everybody. Um, but Wednesday night, God met me in a wonderful way at the house. And the Holy Spirit just began to come into the room in a sweet, sweet way. And I just put pen to paper. So I really just encourage you to open your ears. Parents, everybody in the room, open your ears and listen to what God has to say. Um, let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I thank you for this day. God, you are an amazing God. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your guidance and for your leadership in my life, God. God, thank you for meeting us here today. Father, I pray for every person that is in this room this morning. God, that you would speak to the ones, God, that you have called and you have put in these seats. God, I pray that you would set people free this morning. God, that you would set people free from their mind, from their thoughts. God, that you would set people free of addictions that have come into this place on a graduation Sunday and had no idea that I might be talking about addiction. God, you have ordained this service. You have ordained this message. And I pray that I'm obedient, God, to whatever you have to say, God. In your name. Amen. So, as I was um, preparing this, one question kept coming to mind. Who likes road trips? Who likes going on Road, road trips. Okay, evidently y'all don't have kids, for one thing. <laughs> All right. So, L Libby and I, we, we, we like to go, we go to the beach. That's right. That's right, buddy. We go to the beach. We go to the mountains. That's really the extent of our road trips. Really, honestly, the, really on, the, the road trips that we do are to Jay's Downtowner or Dairy, or Dairy Queen. I mean, that, you know what I mean? Because it's just, it's, it's crazy. And we always try to find the big table in the back in the front room at Jay's Downtowner because, you know, it just, we can, it's a controlled chaos uh, with, with our family. Uh, 
But somebody said, yeah, so we're getting ready to have a fourth kid, and this is off, off subject. Somebody said, well, what's it like having a fourth kid? Well, um, now I can't even think of the comedian's name. It just, it just left me. But they asked this comedian, they said, what's it like having four kids? And he said, well, picture you're drowning, and somebody hands you a baby. And that's, that's, that's exactly what it is. I mean, and he hit it to the T, man. I was like, that is awesome. After three, the boat's going down. Just throw on another kid, man. You know what I mean? So anybody that has three or more kids, you know what I'm talking about. So as I was thinking about this, I started thinking about the journey that the graduates are about to go on and the journey that we're all already living, that we're going on a journey in life. Sometimes uh, this journey in life, this road that we call life, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's fast, sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's happy and sad, sometimes it's smooth, sometimes the road can be rough. Sometimes it smells good, sometimes it don't, depending on who's in diapers. <laughs> sometimes you will make the right turns in life, and sometimes you're going to make the wrong turns. That's just part of life. Sometimes you're going to have detours. Sometimes God will, direct you, God will detour you off the path that you might not have thought. He will take you off course. And so as I was reading this, I, I began to think, who in the Bible would best illustrate this road of life sermon? Somebody that, that was distracted, because we know in this journey in life, Satan's not going to stop. Satan wants, to, Satan wants you in hell. He doesn't want you going to heaven. He doesn't want you reaching out to other people. So he's going to give you advertisements, just like going, going down 74, going to the beach, going to whatever. There's going to be billboards. There's going to be advertisements trying to get your, get your attention to get you off the track that you're going, to get you away from your destination. And the person that came to mind, and we all know this person, is Jonah. So, so what do we know about Jonah? Jonah chapter 1. I'm going to read a short little verse. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. And he said, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. And what's the next word that is said? And you could, you could preach another message on this. The next word that is said is, But. But. Jonah ran from the Lord. So let's look at Jonah. What does Jonah's name mean? Jonah's name means dove. Jonah, his father, Amatti, means truth. So Jonah came from truth, and the word of God came to Jonah, and he flew from what God was calling him to. He flew from what God was wanting him to do. What was, what was God calling Jonah to do? He wanted Jonah to go to Nineveh. To preach the good news. And Jonah just said, no, I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm going to Tarshish. Now before we, before we judge Jonah, we have to look. There's a Jonah in all of us. Because in Nineveh, this wasn't like going to, you know, go to Norwood and pray for those people because they're a little different down in Norwood. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So they, they, they were beheading people in Nineveh. They were cutting their heads off, building pyramids. And so when God was like, Jonah, go to Nineveh, he was like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. So it says that he went down and he boarded a boat and went in the opposite direction. Now, Nineveh was 500 miles from where, from where Jonah was at. Tarshish was 2,500 miles in the opposite direction. Don't we know that sometimes it's easier just to do what God says? Right? Sometimes it's a quicker journey just to do what God says instead of being disobedient and going totally in the opposite direction. 
Because we know what happened with Jonah. He got on the boat, storms rose, they began to throw stuff overseas. Jonah was thrown off the boat, and then he was swallowed by the whale. And then he did what God wanted him to do. He, God, he had a little detour set up. In your life, there's always going to be a second boat going in the opposite direction. Always. God's going to call you to something. He's going to tell you to do something. And there's going to be those advertisements coming up on that journey. It's going to be Satan trying to tell you to go in the opposite direction. Don't listen to God. That was just, that was just a, a voice in your head. Don't listen to him. This is the direction you need to go. There's always another boat going in another direction. So what are some distractions that Satan might use in our lives? So Jonah, I would imagine, got a little distracted, right? He went down, boarded another boat, was just totally disobedient, and flew and left. And then God finally, he finally come to his senses and came back. So when I started thinking about distractions, can I get a Jax? I need your help. This thing isn't going to ring if I walk over here, is it? No? Okay. Come here. Here, you take that. You take that. And I'll take this. All right. Jack's going fishing with me today. <laughs> so when I started thinking about distractions, I started thinking about uh, fishing. Let me see this one here. And you can set that one on the ground. Everybody give Jack's a hand. You can go sit down if you want to. <laughs> if y'all don't know this, Jax has a, I'm not, not trying to put you on the spot, has an awesome worshiper's heart. I don't know if y'all have ever seen him worship, but that boy knows, knows how to worship. But anyway, so I picture distractions kind of like this. All right, so I'm not a big fisher. I'm not. Um, I've taught David Williams everything he knows about fishing. <laughs> But when I go fishing, I like to go coastal fishing. I like to fish off the coast. So it depends on what kind of fish I'm trying to catch. I might try to run a spoon. If I'm trying to catch flounder, I might try to catch something, try to catch a jig off the bottom. And I'll take one of these jigs, and I'll take it, and I'll, I'll, I'll bump it off the bottom, trying to hit a flounder, or maybe a flounder come, will come and bite it. It's got different kind of colors. Or if I'm trying to catch a blue, this is called a gotcha rig, I'll hook it up, and I'll pull this through the water, actually, with my open, or not open face, but my bait caster. And I'll run that through the water, sometimes from the surf, if the bait's good in the, in the ocean. And constantly, all day, this is what fishers do. They try to disguise the hook. So the fish doesn't know what, 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 what is really behind the worm or the bait or the jig. Satan does the exact same thing in our human lives. But his tackle box is... Is a, is a lot bigger than that little small one. That was just the one I had. Satan's got a ton in his arsenal. And every day, he's doing this. Now, I have all boys right now, so y'all have to work with me. Every day, he's doing this right here. He's doing this right here. He's coming up to you and I, and he's saying, come on. You know you need a new truck. You need, you need this in your life. This is what's going to bring you happiness. Not so much the monster truck. Y'all work with me a little bit here. Okay. <laughs> I don't want a monster truck. That would be pretty cool, though. But Satan is doing this all day long. He's tempting. He's tempting. Hey, you need that brand new vehicle. 
You need, you need this. You need that material that, 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 that life can offer because that's where true happiness comes from. And so he'll sit there and he'll dangle this in front of you all the time. All the time. But if that doesn't work, he'll say, okay, Paul's not biting on that. So we're going to try to get something that Paul will bite on. Let's see here. Now this is a mummified. I wrapped it up because I didn't want our neighbor's little girl to get mad that I got her Barbie, that I got her Barbie doll. <laughs> Messed up, so. I know, I know. It's, it's actually my brother's. He plays with me. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell people that, but he plays with Barbies. So if he's not going to get you with a new, with a new, uh, with, with material things, he's going to get you with a little bit of vanity. Or he's going to hit you with, hey, you don't, you don't look quite good enough. You need to look this way to be completely happy. And all day long, that's what Satan's trying to do. He's trying to get you to bite on something so he can get you hooked. He can get you distracted in this life, in this journey called life. A big one here in America, um, a couple big ones. I got a couple more. Y'all work with me. Alcohol. <gasps> How dare he bring a beer can into church? <laughs> Don't worry, I drink it in the parking lot. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't drink it in the parking lot. I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally a joke. So, somebody's going to go back, oh my God, the youth pastor, he was saying he was drinking. <laughs> but this is what Satan does. I'm not going to get into a debate about one or two or anything like that, but I'm, what I am going to say is that Jesus does not want you dependent on this to resolve the issues going on in your mind. And what Satan will do is say, hey, man, you had a bad day at work. You had a bad day, Devin. Go ahead and get you a six-pack. And you get reliant on something to fill a void in your heart that only God's meant to fill. No, no alcohol, no cigarette, no tobacco, no nothing can fill it. And I've got one more. Do I have time to show you one more? I can get that off. The big one is the money. Because as Christians here in today's age, we're taught that, man, it's... it's let, let's you know it's okay to focus on to focus on this don't get me wrong with what I'm saying it is smart to set up a retirement it is that is smart and I don't expect any different but when you focus more on making that money than focusing on the people who need Jesus Christ we got a problem we've got an issue in the church where this is being more preached because people on stage are more afraid of the people in the pews than they are the Father that's in heaven. And so what we do, so what we do, we, we run around and we chase this, this almighty dollar. It's not wrong to have a good job. Not saying that at all. But what I am saying is, is I talked to a brother yesterday, and this guy has been an example to me for years. God called him to quit his job. And I asked him, I said, so what are you going to be doing? He said, I have no clue. I'm going to wait on God's word. That's faithfulness. 
absolutely faithfulness. And to watch what God will do in that man's life and his wife's life and their family through just an outmost faithful living on this journey called life is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. <sighs> so that's what Satan does all day. If he can't get you to bite the hook on something, he's going to change the bait. He's going to continue to try to get you to, get, to bite on something, to get you off the destination that you have set, that God has set for your life. He's going to try to get you off track. So how do we navigate through this life, this road trip called life? Years ago, people would navigate by the stars. Then they came out with the compass. The compass connected to the magnetic field in the middle of the earth. Always points due north. Then they came out with GPS. But there is one thing that has always stood the test of time, and that's the Bible. That's the Bible. And, but the funny thing is, is we hardly ever crack it open. As a kid, uh, we would go to Walmart, to the old Walmart, and we, me and my brother, I mean, we knew the route to the Hot Wheels cars. I mean, we, I, mean, I could tell you right now, you walk straight in all the way back past the CD or the whatever, hang a right past the sporting goods, Hot Wheels are down on the lift. <laughs> I mean, we had it down pat. So, but on the other side of the aisle, they had the model cars that you could buy. Remember those? The model cars, the model planes that you could buy, you could glue them together. So we got, I don't remember which one you had, but I had the Corvette. And you could get different stages, different levels of these cars. I can't remember what stage I had, but I remember getting it, and I remember thinking, I, I know it was a Corvette, and I remember thinking, I don't need the instructions. I'm just going to throw the instructions out or throw them to the side. And so I just got the glue and stuff. Man, the thing looked like a wheelbarrow when I got done with it. I mean, it was, it was just, it was completely awful, man. And so when I was thinking about this sermon, I was like, that's how we are as Christians. I mean, God, he gives us a manual on how to live this life, on how to live it. But we just set this thing to the side and just say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm busy. We've got ball games. It's easy to do. It's easy to do. I remember, um, quick little plug, Jordan had asked me to go hunting one morning, and I had already had my mind set up. I was going to go sit at, a, at a, a box stand near the house to go do some deer hunting. He called and he said, hey, let's go to this other place to go deer hunting. I said, all right. He said, I've been seeing a deer, so I was like, all right, we'll go. And so we're walking in, and it takes about 15 minutes to hike to this, this one stand. And he said, i got to stand up here, and I've already got the reflectors on the trees. All you got to do is just flash your light, and you can see the reflectors. So he had walked in. It was real foggy. And so I was walking in, I'd, I'd hit my light, and I could see the reflectors going down in the woods. And so I'd turn it back off, and I'd follow it, and then I'd turn it back on. And I was like, you know what? I know there's another stand down here somewhere. I'd rather go down there because the wind's right. And so I'd made my way back down to that other stand, and I'd, I got lost. I got lost in the woods. And sometimes that is the picture that we get in this life. God gives us a direction to go. But we feel like that's not the direction I want to go. I want to go in this direction. And before you know it, you're disoriented. Before you know it, you've, you've bit the hook. You took the bait. Because Satan's not going to stop. He is not going to stop. He's going to keep getting after it and getting after it. The Bible is the manual for our life. And our map for this road trip. Psalms 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet 
and a light into my path. I would read that uh, message as a teenager, and, I, and I was, when I was graduating, I would say, God, what do you want me to do with my life? What, what, do you, what direction do you want me to go in? And as, as a kid, and then coming into a teenager, there was always three questions, I believe, that honestly all of us ask. One is, where did I come from? Two, what is my purpose? And three, where am I going? Those are three questions we, we will ask in our lives and constantly ask. But as teenagers and young adults, one is, what is my purpose? Hmm. And I, I'm going to give you some verses that's going to help you with that because I felt like when I was y'all's age that God took the word purpose as a needle and threw it into a haystack. And God was just like, all right, see if you can try to find it. But God doesn't do that. The purpose for your life is through this word. It is in this word. I, there's verse after verse after verse that tells you what your purpose is in this life and how important you are. Proverbs uh, chapter 3, 5 through 6. Let me see if I can find it. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Mark chap chapter 16, verse 15. Let me see if I can find my note card, Phil. It says, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. It says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one, with one another in love. I'm telling you what, in, in the time that we live in now, that's huge. That's huge. Humbling ourselves and loving our brothers as we love ourselves. That's, that's huge. Philippians 2, chapter 2, 1 through 4. It says, if you have any encouragement from being united in Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with his spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Last one, and I read this when we were doing, um, talking, talking about depression and things. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Be joyful always. Always. It says be joyful. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. People sit and complain about jobs. Y'all will complain about jobs. Everybody complains about jobs. But sometimes God's got you in that place for a purpose to, to, to reach somebody else. How about we start being thankful from where we're at before we start moving on to something else, right? There's some, some verses on, uh, on your purpose. Now, I'm going to talk to the parents and the grandparents. I've been talking to everybody, so I'm not singling out graduates, but I'm definitely going to talk to the parents and the grandparents. I heard a message 
a few years ago by Stacy Saunders, and some of y'all know who this is. Um, music minister at First Assembly spoke a very powerful message on digging a well. So when the first settlers came to this country, if you didn't live by fresh water or a creek or something like that, you had to dig a well. Usually these wells were 20 to 30 foot deep, three by three holes that far down, and they would line them with stone all the way up. Can you imagine that? I mean, I have a hard time planting one plant. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not digging a 20 or 30 foot hole with a shovel. You know what I'm saying? But that's what they did. And some of these wells, depending on the water source, they would, they would last for 30 plus years to hundreds of years. But many people benefited from that well being dug. Spiritually speaking, somebody dug a well for me. Somebody got on their knees and prayed when they didn't feel like praying. When they wanted to watch their television show or listen to their music, they got on their knees and prayed. That woman was my grandma Jane, was my dad's mom. And I, and I watched my mom, as, as when I was a kid, dig wells for my kids. And I watched Libby do the same thing. Parents, that's what we've got to do. In today's age, and we have talked about this, God's raising up this generation to change the world. We have got to dig the wells for our kids, for our grandkids and our great-grandkids and the kids we might not ever see, but we've got to start putting up prayers in heaven for our kids. Even when it's not popular, even when I'm tired, when I don't feel like doing it, get on my knees and start praying. Because it will come back. It will come back and turn fold. Um, I love you guys. Thank y'all for giving me this opportunity uh, to do this. This is an honor, a complete, it is an honor. It is. And uh, at this time, we're going to kind of going to transition. I want the, the leaders, um, the leaders of the church, if y'all can come up to the front. And I know Paul and Wendy, if y'all want to come up to the front, I'm going, we're going to have the graduates come up and get prayed for. And we're going to send them off, even the college graduates. We're going to pray for all the graduates and send them off um, into the next chapter of their, their, their lives. Cecil? Want to come up? Um, I want the graduates and their families to come with them. And we're going to... We're, we're going to yeah, high school. I'm sorry, high school and college. I'm sorry, high school and college. If there's somebody up here that you want to come lay hands on, you're more than welcome to come lay hands on. Um, if you would stand up and just put your hands forward, and we're gonna we're gonna pray, uh, we're gonna pray over our graduates. God, I thank you so much for your blessings, God, for your salvation, for dying on the cross for our sins, Lord. God, you are an awesome God and an amazing God, and thank you for these graduates. Father, I pray that you would send the Holy Spirit to be with them, to lead them, and to guide them in everything that they do, God. That you would fill them with the Holy Spirit and the power of God. 
God, that they would rely on that word. They would turn to that word, Father. They would eat and breathe your word and worship you, God, in all circumstances of their lives. No matter where they're at, Father, no matter what school they go to, God, no matter what class they're sitting in, God, I pray they put that truth in their heart and they hide that truth in there, God, and they stand on the rock and the foundation of Jesus Christ. God, I pray for each and every student that's in here. God, that you would watch over them, you would protect them, God, physically and spiritually, Father, that you would close doors that you don't want them to go down and you would begin to open up doors, God, that you do want them to go down. God, that they would not believe the advertisements that Satan is putting up on this journey. They would keep their eyes forward, Lord, and keep their nose in the Bible. God, you are a holy God. And Holy Spirit, I pray you take full control of each and every student that is standing here right now. God, humbly, Father, I pray they surrender. I pray they surrender their will to you, Father. And that you would take over, God. You would take control. And that you would lead them, Father, in the direction that you want them to go, God. God, if some of them are questioning, what should I do, Father? I pray they begin to give thanks in all things and they live according to the, to the Bible, God. According to what you have called them, Father. To live as Jesus Christ. God, and you will begin to open up doors. Father, thank you for these students. Thank you for these families. I pray for the parents, God. God, that you, would, that you would give them a peace of mind about their students, about where they're going or what they're doing or what they're doing tonight or what they're doing next week, God, that you would give them a peace of mind, Father, and that these parents would continue to dig the wells that you have called them to dig. God, you are a faithful, faithful God, and we love you, Lord. God, I thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father God, you are worthy to be praised. God, I pray you would go with us today, God, and keep us safe, Father, in your name. Amen. Amen. Congratulations. Uh, church is dismissed, and we are going to be hanging out in the foyer eating, and we do have gifts for the high school students.